Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Do Hongyu. Coming up in this edition, China says the upcoming meeting between the presidents of China and the United States will focus on fundamental issues shaping bilateral relations. The Israeli army says it's found signs of hostages in the basement of a hospital in Gaza. And former UK Prime Minister David Cameron has become the country's new foreign secretary. We start from North America. The Chinese Foreign Ministry says the upcoming meeting between the presidents of China and the United States will focus on fundamental issues shaping bilateral relations. Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning made the statement as the leaders prepare for their meeting in San Francisco, where they will also attend the 30th APEC Economic Leaders Meeting. This will be their first meeting since last year's G20 summit in Bali. Zhao Yunfei has more from San Francisco. There are posters and banners that、uh, you know celebrating the upcoming APEC summit, especially、uh, when it comes to Chinatown. Local Chinese、uh, residents are highly anticipating this event and delivering a welcome message to President Xi. This is. First、uh, meeting, face-to-face meeting since a year ago. For this meeting, China says that uh, uh, China is、uh, giving its、uh, huge sincerity and、uh, playing its role as a responsible country. Well, for APEC me-、uh, meetings, there are multiple activities, but、uh, two of the major activities there's a CEO summit and there's also a leaders meeting.、Uh, the topics can cover a wide range of topics, and、uh, China has been. Calling for community for shared future, giving this context, and、uh, that includes、uh, several、uh, layers, several folds, including building a peaceful Asia Pacific and、uh, building a、uh, inclusive and prosperous、um, uh, environment, and also promoting for、uh, green development. Several、uh, leaders in the green development industry say that at least the sustainable development is a topic that China and the United States are seeking for common ground. We need to work together to address climate change and all the,、uh, and the sustainability issues and all these other issues. China has merged to a very significant player, the world's second largest economy, and、uh, U.S. and China and Europe need to work、uh, closely for this goal of of、uh, going to、uh, zero carbon. And so that is something that contributes to peace and to a more stable world. Obviously, China has really led the world in terms of solar production.、Uh, is now really taking on a very strong role in batteries and electric vehicles. So there's a lot of common ground there. When you have this energy crisis, actually you have a lot of t- opportunities. For example, now China have the largest solar panel wind tubing manufacturing capacity, and then U.S. have really have need this kind of clean、um, power. And both sides actually really can work together. In this time when we have had struggles between our countries, this is an area that we share an interest and a need and a commitment to the future and generations of the future. In the upcoming、uh, days, 21 economic entities, as well as about 30,000 representatives, are expected to attend the APEC meetings. That was Zhao Yunfei on the China-U.S. cooperation and the APEC meetings. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has hosted finance ministers from APEC member economies and said they agreed to grow their economies with an eye on sustainability. While meeting Chinese finance minister Lan Fuan, Yellen stressed the importance of maintaining resilient communication channels between the two countries. There are hopes that Washington and Beijing can cool some of their tensions. Hendrik Sibrandi has more.
The finance minister turned their attention to three different areas, uh, three priority areas. One of them is supply side, and that's expanding productive capacity while uh, improving resilience and addressing inequality, also dealing with issues like labor supply, public infrastructure, and research and development. Then they looked at uh, sustainable finance. Uh, that's the whole uh, climate change affected issue and the whole uh, issue of crypto assets, stable coins, central bank digital currencies, and blockchain technologies, obviously a major issue in the years to come. U.S. Tre Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who's leading these discussions, says these long-term priorities don't obscure the fact that a lot of work in those areas and others needs to be no done now. We need to further improve our long-term economic outlook by boosting labor supply, innovation, and infrastructure investment in ways that are also sustainable and reduce inequality. We need to put ourselves on a sustainable growth path, one where we safeguard our planet while providing our economies with the clean energy they need to grow. So a lot on these finance ministers played during these discussions. And of course, overhanging all of this is the relationship between the U.S. and China. The more that the U.S. and China can do to alleviate some of the tensions they've had uh, in discussions over the next few days, the more that can be done on that front, obviously, the easier it'll be for the other economies. That was Hendrik Sibrandi on the talks among APEC finance chiefs. Now in the Middle East, the Israeli army says it's found signs of hostages in the basement of a hospital in Gaza. The military also claims it found a Hamas weapons cache. Stephanie Fried reports from Tel Aviv. Israel's skeptical. Their, their entire um, premise is until, let's see, as they say, show me the money. It's an expression. Show me the money. Show me the proof. Let's and until it happens and until there's actually a deal in place, there's no deal. Um, you know, the hostages, that remains a, a, a huge sticking point um, with Israel. Israel uncovered the military, a tunnel underneath a children's hospital, Rantizi, in Gaza. And they discovered what they think is evidence of hostages being held there and specifically um, there are some young children and baby. Right now, there is much, much talk about some sort of uh, hostage deal. They were talking about 100 women and children for 100 being held, Palestinian women being held in Israel. And right now, we're just, they're just uncovering the military there in Gaza, are uncovering more evidence of what they see as where hostages have been held. That was Stephanie Fried in Tel Aviv. In Europe, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has appointed former Prime Minister David Cameron as Foreign Secretary amid a cabinet reshuffle. Cameron succeeded James Cleverley, who replaced Suella Braverman as Home Secretary. Braverman came under fire over her immigration policies and her criticism of police actions and recent demonstrations. Paul Hawkins reports from Downing Street on the implications of Cameron's appointment on London's future ties with Beijing big question will be how the appointment of David Cameron affects the UK's relationship with China. Now, if we go back to when he was prime minister up until 2016, he talked about a golden era between the UK and China. He hosted President Xi Jinping on a state visit to the UK, went for a pint with him even, the pub in uh, Buckinghamshire, just outside 
London. Um, he talked about closer economic ties between the UK and China and even wanted to use Chinese finance to build British infrastructure. Fast forward now to Rishi Sunak and in his first speech, his first foreign policy speech last year, he said the golden era was over and he described economic ties as uh, naive. So definitely it will be interesting to see how David Cameron's feelings about China and view of China squares with the UK's current foreign policy towards China and then of course he's a pro-European voice so one would have thought that would have helped with the relationship between the UK and the EU although as Alex was saying uh, there's no comment so far from the European Commission. That was Paul Hawkins in London. Turning to South America, voters in Argentina are heading to the polls on Sunday to elect their next president. They will have to choose between two starkly different visions for South America's second largest economy, which is suffering high inflation and other economic difficulties. Joe Richards reports from Buenos Aires. This year's presidential race in Argentina has been shaped by economic crisis and by the emergence of a political outsider who promises radical reform. Latin America's third largest economy is languishing under triple-digit annual inflation. One week you have a certain price, the next week that changes. We can't keep prices the same for long. Neither of the two candidates offer a good option for people. I don't support either of them. On Sunday, the two candidates sparred in their final debate as they seek to win over undecided voters. Far-right libertarian Javier Millet has campaigned as the anti-establishment candidate. He stood by his radical plan to overhaul the economy. Yes, we are going to dollarize the economy. We are going to close the central bank. We are going to put an end to the cancer of inflation. Government candidate and current economy minister Sergio Massa challenged Millet over the Libertarian's campaign pledge to cut ties with Argentina's two main trade partners, China and Brazil. Breaking up Mercosur, the breakup of the relationship with Brazil, the breakup of the relationship with China, represents two million fewer jobs and an impact on Argentine exports of $28 billion. WIMS cannot govern international policy. It cannot be governed by ideology. It must be ruled by the national interest. This country is suffering its worst economic and social welfare crisis in decades. Well, Argentina is facing um, a risk of hyperinflation because it has in the last uh, 12, uh, 12 months an accumulated inflation near uh, 150%. But in the last uh, months is running at 300% no, near. And also, we have a 40% of poverty and 10% of people that cannot eat well. This is a social problem that is the, the, the worst of the last 40 years. Massa won the most votes in the first round, but polling suggests there is little gap between him and Millet now. Voters are faced with two sharply contrasting options. Massa, who says he will work to secure a broad national consensus to guide the country out of the current crisis. Or Millet, who says the only solution to the country's deep-rooted problems is his radical reform and a tough programme of public spending cuts. Argentines will make their choice between those two visions when they go to the polls on Sunday. That was Joe Richards on the upcoming presidential runoff election in Argentina. Finally, in Africa, the warring parties in Sudan have again failed to agree on a ceasefire deal, raising the prospect of prolonged fighting. 
As millions suffer from the impacts of displacement, mediators have been pushing for the opening of special humanitarian corridors to allow aid into the country. Naba Mohidin reports from Port Sudan. Sudan's seven-month conflict is at a crossroads. After days of talks in Jeddah, the warring parties, the Sudanese army and the paramilitary group, the rabbit support forces, have not been able to reach a peace deal. What it means for the future of Sudan is uncertain, as fears grow that the fighting could escalate further. Before the sides eventually decide to call a halt, having torn the country asunder, it's a heartbreaking prospect for many Sudanese who've suffered badly since April. I lost everything in the war in Khartoum, and I've started from scratch. The war is affecting us heavily every day. The Sudan army and RSF should negotiate for the future of this country before it's too late. The ongoing civil war has caused one of the world's biggest displacement crises. Almost six million people are said to be internally displaced, about half of which may be children. Many Sudanese are worried about the direction their country is heading. Our future is dark. The country's future is dark. We need this war to stop immediately. Every day that passes, the suffering increases. And if the war continues, the country will collapse. Recent reports show the paramilitary militia now controls many states in the war-torn Darfur region of the West. There are also accusations against the RSF of ethnically-driven killings against non-Arab tribes there, accusations the group deny. Despite the RSF's gains, the armed forces are holding out in other strategic areas, leading to a stalemate of sorts. The talks facilitators said another round with direct contact could bring better news in terms of paving the way for a permanent ceasefire. However, for now, the future of the conflict in Sudan remains very uncertain. That was Naba Mohidin reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. China says the upcoming meeting between the presidents of China and the United States will focus on fundamental issues shaping bilateral relations. The Israeli army says it's found signs of hostages in the basement of a hospital in Gaza. And former UK Prime Minister David Cameron has become the country's new foreign secretary. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Do Hongyu. Thank you for listening.